1: okay friends welcome back to the boiling point uh, as you notice here uh, it is just myself dave vale is not here today uh he's no longer with us i'm just kidding he's definitely with <laughs> us and he's still very much alive he just was not able to make it uh, uh for this particular interview um i'm sure there's a very good reason why but to, i think he actually double booked uh, uh, an important client uh, client coaching call perhaps i can only speculate uh, however Today is a great pleasure because we get to speak to uh, a friend of mine, um, Mark Machloon from the Smart Energy Group, who I've been watching uh, for quite some time, in you know being uh, the the center point for uh, you know bringing solar into our into our community and really leading the conversation um, with that in, in ways that we can get not only get off the grid but also participate in the grid and uh help create a greener future so mark mackleman welcome to the boiling point man finally thanks thanks greg <laughs>
2: yes thanks for having me and uh, i think now's the appropriate time to tell your listeners that you just pressed the record record button after saying we could make fun of dave for not being on this call <laughs> we
1: can make fun of dave yeah. whether we're recording or not and, uh, <laughs> and he does the same thing to greg he'll so. see this <laughs> That is yeah. great, man. So, let's, Mark, for for those who don't know, what, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about you, but also about the company and the the evolution and uh, and where we're taking it.
2: Sure. Uh, well, a quick intro with me. It's I. Uh, I'm born and raised in in New Brunswick, and uh, I just happen to be one of those guys that has a passion for both business and uh, in our environment. So, what what we're doing now kind of goes hand in hand to feed my own interests personally. Uh, and then, over the last five years we've been we've been really leading the charge with uh bringing solar to new brunswick uh it's it's not new worldwide uh, quite obviously, but it's uh, it's something that's needed in the province and where our target market is or where we focus mostly with is is with uh, larger uh, commercial clients uh and and with farmers uh, across the province so yeah that's
1: really cool and i um I was driving up around Sussex area. This week, and I think I saw a farm that said uh, Nebraska's first uh, solar farm. is is that, uh, is that the case? Is that you yeah, guys?
2: yeah. So that was in 2017. We built the first uh, built the first solar farm for a farm in the uh, in the province. Really fun, exciting project. Uh, a lot of a lot of things we learned from that, and and uh, we're still really proud of that of that project even, even a few years later.
1: That's awesome now one question I, I have and you and I have spoken about this in the past but your business decision to focus on uh, you know b2B if you will or, or uh, you know uh, using commercial clients uh, as your target rather than residential which you have had a number of years of, in, of uh, experience with um, what what's the thinking behind that in, uh, in just really picking that niche niche market and, and going after that
2: it's it's really about I think I have a, a uh, the right answer for that is is I want to talk a little bit about what we consider our competitor to be and what our com- our competition is the cost of electricity. So if if we can if we can get solar to the point where it makes sense for a business and and just for listeners that aren't really sure what what even solar is it's the ability to use sunlight uh, to generate electricity. So by definition, it's a renewable energy source. So we take these solar panels and we put them on, uh, on a facility or let's say if we if we look at your home, we put them uh, behind the meter on your side of the meter uh, and then it starts to produce electricity at, this, at the site. So and it's funny, I keep looking at my calculator because I'll, I'll pick this up. I guess listeners won't be able to see this, but yeah, everybody can relate to a calculator with a little solar panel on the front of it. Well, if you can imagine, we're talking about thousands of those little solar panels essentially making up a, a larger solar array. So the more of those little solar panels we can put together, the better and more competitive it becomes when we compare it against the cost of electricity. So that's kind of a good analogy. I wanted to kind of paint the landscape to to, to say that that's uh, that that's why we made the decision to be B two B is that it's a better space for us because we can we can be more competitive uh, against our competitor. Uh, does that make sense? Which
1: is the price for electricity? Yeah. Which is <laughs> the electricity? Exactly. As you picked up that calculator, I, I was thrown right back to grade five or six, probably grade six actually, <laughs> when I got my first solar calculator, and it was. It, it was mind boggling. You know, I was like, it doesn't need batteries. It's amazing. And yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah so thanks for, for taking me back into those uh, those precious uh, early, early years. Um, wow, uh,
2: you were pretty lucky to have one of those in grade six. Uh, maybe
1: it was grade seven. I can't remember. <laughs> then I remember do you remember those big calculus calculators? I do, that we had? Yeah.
2: I They had a they bigger solar solar cell on the front bigger of it. Bigger solar cell. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think's yeah. been um, holding this industry back? You know, for, for adoption, like I know, especially across the U.S., it's really blowing up. There's big incentives yeah. in California and other and Vermont and different places like this. But in Canada, what's what's holding us back um, from this being just normal to, to see solar farms all over the place? And yeah, uh,
2: the, the first one is the cost of electricity, that electricity is relatively inexpensive here in Atlanta, Canada, certainly in our province. Uh, and I think that, that that's a that's a, a complicated answer because I think a lot of that has to do with culture. And ironically, uh, I'll admit I was watching one of your uh, your interviews uh, yesterday with uh, Chrissy O'Leary. Yeah, uh, an amazing uh, interview actually. <laughs> and I, I thought it uh, it, it kind of it sat with me, and I'm still thinking about it. But I think there's a lot of correlation to what we're going to be talking about right now to what she was saying last night how uh, perhaps the, the COVID and, and the pandemic in general has given everybody the ability to kind of pause and reset and evaluate what's uh, what, what what's important to their business and what's important to their families and, and about sustainability in general. And I think it's part of almost a uh, human nature where we don't really, we don't really effectively have change until something impacts you directly. Uh, and so, and, and you can see why this is a complicated answer or, or complicated question in in regards to why has hasn't solar become mainstream in in our province, it literally just it needed the uh, the ability to kickstart and for people to see what else is out there and 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 really be able to to uh, uh, to, to kind of see the benefits of what solar has to offer. Uh, so I think that's a good yeah, place to I, start. I,
1: I think it's cool because I remember coming to the uh, to your site of, of one of your farm uh, uh, installations and it was really cool it was just like this big uh you know big uh, solar uh setup on a farm and then uh, it takes a, a few farmers to try it right and then yeah, start sh- spreading the word saying yeah this is this is saving us tons of money and uh and that's what, and it feels good too it's like it's really nice to know that not only can we uh <clears throat> you know reduce our carbon by by using what's available to us in the sun but but also potentially make money too and feeding back to the grid like uh i think that's a for, for those people who haven't been following i don't know who that would be but haven't been following the uh, the evolution of this of this uh you know of this method Why don't you talk about that too like feeding back into the grid like with uh you know in our city mark we've got st john energy um yep. is that available to all jurisdictions like we've got listeners from all over the place but uh where you can feed back in and actually potentially make some money back
2: Uh, So I think I'll keep it New Brunswick specific. And and in New Brunswick, uh, every utility in New Brunswick, you, you are able to send any extra electricity back to the utility and they'll give you a credit for the amount of electricity you give them. So it's kind of like a banking system. You know, well, your, your meter, you literally see it run backwards if, if you're producing more electricity than you need. And then you can use that the extra bank that you have or those extra credits uh, for when the, the sun isn't shining on, on you know, at nighttime and, and during those cloudy days. Um, however, with the, uh, with the advancement of technology, and, and really a lot of it is, is coming from the electric vehicle space where, uh, storage is just it, it's you you could spend all day reading on the advancements of technology and still not be current on on what's happening around the world and and what's funny i, I was kind of thinking this morning i was saying oh yeah i'm gonna have a call with greg today and uh and i was thinking of some questions you might be hitting me with it would be hard to answer now because uh you know it feels like four or five years ago when we were starting this smart energy company, we had our finger on the pulse on on projects happening around the world. We could really keep track of it. It was manageable uh but now even even this year, I couldn't even tell you what the largest project is how many how many solar farms are actually being built right now uh, It's just kind of it's past that uh that critical mass point the the tipping point so it's it's kind of uh it's really exciting for the industry, but it makes it harder to, to really see what's happening. And because of that tremendous growth in demand, we're seeing the cost of products decrease, uh, which, you know, it goes back to that being that uh, competitive analysis we're looking at competing against our, uh, that cost of electricity. Well, with the... The, the more technology out there the more people doing this the more efficiencies found are the the cost of generating electricity yourself with a renewable source is is getting uh, to the point now where we're we're, we're, uh, we're less than par so we're able to produce electricity less than what you can buy it for today from a utility company and and the the reality is that that obviously caused a lot of disruption across the, not just New Brunswick, but across uh, the world with every utility is, oh my gosh, for the first time That's we have revenue. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, revenue is a different, so it, it is exactly, it is a source of revenue for those companies that sell that as a product, or that, that, that electricity. Uh, and, and you're right. Now consumers have the ability to produce that themselves. So you can see where it gets, uh, it, it It causes some uh, concern for the utilities, but also a lot of opportunities for the utilities that are looking at it in the in the right lens, Uh, because there's there is a a definitive connection between electric vehicles and our transportation systems, and the increase in usage of electricity uh, versus what it was yesterday, or just perhaps a few years ago, and where it's going. So it's a trade-off. There might be less electricity being uh, produced and sold but there's going to be more electricity required as more companies more businesses more people move to electrify uh, everything and, and what i love about this about this industry and i still get excited about it is well, well a we're, we're producing something that uh, everybody needs and in fact if you lose power today it's all it's all it's critical and if life safety support systems uh right down to uh ev- You know, if there's anyone that's pro, if even to pump gas, or if you're still driving a, a, you know, a a gas-powered car, to pump that gas into your car, you need electricity to run that pump. Uh, Same way to pay for it. So we really become so dependent on this on this one common denominator that supports our daily life that everything. Yeah, we don't talk about it a lot. So uh, to be able to kind of get conversation conversation going with people to better understand the impact that electricity has and the ability for for you to uh to produce something like that on your own just elevates that that uh uh the the, uh, the impact it has when, when we're looking at uh especially when i was thinking about this b core movement uh it's it's so there's a lot of similarities between what solar is and and where uh this b core movement is is heading
1: oh 100 and uh there's a number of solar players in the B Corp world that uh, I've become friends with in the U S oh yeah. uh, Okay. Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just, it's really cool. Just, and again, there's a ton of government, which is so funny because the U S often looks at Canada as like the place where all the, you know, tax credits and government incentives and handouts are, but like there's really progressive things going on in in certain (laughs) States in the U S that are, they're driving the change. Like, the electric vehicle uh, revolution really powered out of out of california like they had a leadership that just believed in this and understood it and they've got a vulnerable um you know system there a hydro uh system that is you know they've they they experienced droughts how are they going to produce hydroelectricity without water you know all of these different things yeah, and
2: exactly yeah.
1: it's so interesting to see how everything is so connected and as you're talking about the grid too do you remember that time that one time we had that major outage like from Toronto right down to New York, no, it was, it was right down to Texas, I think. Remember this? It was a massive yeah. grid that yeah. we we're all part of. Like, yeah. it was the weirdest thing. I was like, we are so vulnerable. You know, like, like you a take good that reminder. down. Yeah, absolutely. Not, most of our water isn't going to pump because we don't have well. We most, you know, if, if you're working on a well. And uh, it is so true. And it also shows you how important it is that we have strong utilities and they continue to be invested in. But also how important it is to be uh, independent, to be able to be independent, and have that 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 uh, symbiotic system. Uh, that, like you say, when you're producing too much, it'll it'll take it off uh, off, mm. off your load and uh, and give you a discount, you know. And back and forth, and back and forth, and you know, dealing with peak uh, peak times. And it's uh, it's kind of surprising that it wasn't developed earlier really thinking about <laughs> how but this, it's
2: yeah. it's it's all about balance and it's i don't think one technology replaces all the other ones or one one action <laughs> replaces all other ones it's it, it really is about balance and it takes time and and, and uh, effort to to find that right balance uh, now for facilities or business or, even homeowners are going with solar that doesn't mean that they're hitting a switch and disconnecting from the utilities there's right. there's there's a there's a codependence uh there and we're we're simply just moving in uh in those baby steps towards uh uh you know a more a, a balanced uh, energy feed If that uh, if that's a good way to explain it maybe
1: that's yeah uh, i think that's great and you know mark what's, what's the number one call to action that you want to share and that this could be more of a global call to action and then uh more of a local call to action which is getting in touch with you to talk as a you know to consult with the you know, local businesses and, and and companies that could use you know this as a as the, their next evolution in their in their business strategy. Like, yeah, what, what do you want the world to know first?
2: Uh, I, I I think the uh, what I'd want the world to know is that that there's choice. There's technologies there, and it's not some futuristic uh, you know, pie in the sky type of concept for people to take charge. And be able to manage their own uh, energy, you know, in terms of electricity, and and really understand the impact that has on the overall uh, picture of their carbon footprint. And uh, again, this is just one piece of that larger component, but it's an important piece. And so I think that it certainly starts from there. It starts with the conversation, understanding the the total impact. And and I guess before I just lead into more local, it's I think. We, we can't have a conversation about renewables and electricity and solar. They're talking about electric vehicles. And, and that's been, that's been how, that's been historically, that's been how the conversation has happened. But what's really exciting is this new movement that's, that seems to be almost a trend with our leaderships uh, with elected officials and with municipalities. And uh, we're seeing, we're seeing with organizations we're seeing everyone commit, to these really aggressive carbon reduction goals and, and saying for example by 2030 our organization is going to be carbon neutral uh, like holy smokes, that wow. that is that's a massive undertaking on its own and uh, and I don't want to uh, you know I don't want to put any anything light on that that that's, uh, that means a whole lot has to be done which is mm-hmm. exciting so for the first time we were using different metrics and different The conversation is starting to be fueled from different angles. It's no longer just uh, electric vehicles and solar. What can I do on my home? It's what can our entire organization do to get behind and support the lowering of our carbon uh, footprint and the understanding of all of our employees in our organization, our impact on carbon in our communities. So that's, I think that is kind of trickling down to us, our, our tiny little province, being and you know, I can even speak to our neighbors next to us that have just made recent announcements of, of, uh, taking the lead and in, in lowering their carbon footprints. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of this is too bad days on the call, cause I'm sure you'd have a lot of comments about this is it's, I think leadership begins with the people who choose to take leadership. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and then one of the things that stuck with me with, with, with your interview with Christy was she said, the worst thing that businesses uh, can do right now is nothing. So, you know, as I'm, as we're having more of these conversations and, and understanding and learning about other industries, they're all aligning to all move in the same direction. So that does bring us more locally, where I think the, the shift is beginning to happen now in New Brunswick uh, quite naturally. Um, this for the first year, we've, we, we have more interest in, in renewables and solar than we have in the last five years. Uh, and we've we've doubled over the last two years of of solar that's that's uh, connected to the grid or, or integrated with organizations. And uh, that's it's really exciting for not just not just for our little company, but for any company that's going to be involved with uh, developing solar or getting behind this and supporting it. Because, quite honestly, these are the things that we can do right now, today. We don't need mm-hmm. to wait for government funding. We don't need to wait for anyone else to do it. These are things that are achievable and obtainable right now, today. Uh, and that's what I really like about lo- uh, going back to the to local in New Brunswick is sometimes that that's, we just need that reminder that it, we don't have to wait for our government to do things for us. We just need to take that yes. leadership step and 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 do it.
1: Well, that's that's typical with so many things uh, where, you know, government seems to be really effective once the wave starts to kind of get behind the wave and, and help push the wave. But when government tries to lead something, it's like, good luck getting the momentum behind it in a lot of cases, <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, was, yeah, in some it, cases, in yep. some cases, yeah. yeah. But sure. in, in the context of not waiting for government to, to make a movement of change, um, if a group of people or businesses want to make change and they start, there's a good chance government will help make exactly. that happen. Yeah. It's, yeah.
2: Exactly. And there's a lot of irony there. Uh, leadership can work in two directions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I've, I've studied that a lot. In my Like study, like uh, um, just watched how citizen led change happens, especially in our province. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, you know, to see you get a passionate group of people with a good idea. Um, it seems like there is a lot of supports to help make that happen, but if you're going to sit in your butt and wait, it's just, that, probably that's it. Not exactly. Happen. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I think we need, there's a lot of, there's a lot of artificial barriers that are created uh, and I think that, uh, it, when we, when we kind of strip away those barriers and look at uh, what is, what are the real barriers, it comes down to people and it comes, you could sit down with the CEO of any organization and they're just another, they're another person. Uh, and you need yeah. to really, you need to really be able to connect on that level to, to, to work together to make sure that we're moving in the right direction and and everything we're talking about are all really positive contributions and not just to growing business but uh, having an, an economic uh, positive uh, impact um, in our communities and and creating more jobs uh, but then also making a real impact on reducing carbon footprints and uh, I don't want to try it on that one lightly that's that's important
1: mm. oh, uh, um one one kind of closing question I've got for you is. I'm sure as many people listening right now that the exact same boat is um, you know, our company, Hemming's House, were renters in a building. And okay. we have uh been able to take care of neutralizing our scope one carbon uh footprint by essentially buying our way out of out of it, right. you know, every yeah. uh Every year we do the calculations to figure out how many airplanes we've uh, traveled on, how much, uh, you know, servers, uh, space we use, oh, the, the whole thing. And we, we get some consultants to help us with that. And then we, we pay a certain amount of money to offset that. And um, it feels good, but that's scope. One is relatively easy for people to do. You just offset your carbon. That's, but Then you've got scope two and three, which get more and more difficult. Scope two being a little bit more on the um, where you're getting your energy and uh, that's that would naturally be my company's next move is how do we deal with scope two when we don't own the, the real estate, we don't own the building. So um, just curious about that, because as I was thinking, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting for our building owner to offer its its uh, uh, clients uh, the opportunity to, to offset their uh, energy use by throwing a panel or two up based on the square footage. And I don't know. I don't really quite know how that works, but uh, is that a possibility for landlords of buildings to help companies like mine with that particular issue? Cause I have zero control over the energy uses in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in a rented building, which would be very common for to many, many people with an office.
2: It certainly is. And uh, in, in fact, that's an interesting concept. And there's a, uh... It's certainly worth exploring, but I think it takes the tenants of those of those buildings to ask that of their landlords. What do, what are you doing, and what can I do to to contribute to lowering uh, that energy consumption? Because essentially that that's what's coming down to. Uh, but then they're going back to the economy of scale. There there are opportunities. For example, uh, we we have projects that uh, that look for others to invest in uh, to creating these larger solar farms that we do. And that enables local investment or local people to invest in a project that, that otherwise it would have been sending money outside of the province to do the exact same thing. Uh, and we could do that here. And that goes back to what I was saying is it just takes leadership takes people to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, Mark, this has uh, been awesome, yeah. man. Every time I, every time I chat, I get more excited about, uh, the concept and, uh, full disclosure to everybody listening. I've talked to Mark many times now about getting solar on my house and, uh, <laughs> I know uh you don't do a lot of that, but uh you know, because we're friends, I think I think I might go convince you to do yeah, that I think there, but- <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Mark, what a what a treat, man. What's the best way for people get a hold of you and just have a chat to see if uh, if it's time for them to to, to switch the, on. The
2: best place to start is do some research before we even get a hold of us, do some research online. And, and uh, there's so much information out there and so much happening around the world. And then if you, if you want to uh, uh, narrow in on what it is you'd like to do for your own facility, you want some more information, go to our website. It's the smart energy uh, and And uh, you'll find all, all kinds of information about other projects we've done and, and how to get a hold of us directly. Uh, and then I think I'll, I'll leave it with a plug-in, Greg. We, we have developed, uh, here in New Brunswick, we're certainly unique in the, in the solar landscape where our climate is very unique. Uh, we're not the sunniest uh, place on the planet, but we actually do get a lot of sunlight and, and, um, uh, we, we do get some harsh, uh, storms in, in the wintertime as everybody's knows. So we've, we've actually created a product I we call it the Nor'easter. Uh, and it's a, it's a package modularized, uh, solar, it's a solar farm in a box, so to speak. Hmm. Um, And it's specifically for New Brunswick and New Brunswick uh, organizations and companies. And we have some large organizations that have already put these systems on their, on their, uh, uh, on their grounds. Now, Uh, this is a ground mount system. Uh, But if, uh, if anyone's interested in seeing that, certainly go to that website, the smart energy company.ca.
1: Okay. But before we, before we end, explain that a little bit more in a box, like what's.
2: uh... Uh, Well, there's, 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 there's two reasons we developed this product. One is that, we needed to create, some, because the solar industry is so complex, when you, when you begin to look at, okay, what, what do I need for my organization? Uh, we recognize that as, as one. So we, we created a, a system that's uh, repeatable. So if you have it at one facility, you know the, exactly how much electricity is going to produce, you know, the impact. You can put it at your next facility and it'll do the same thing. So it's kind of a repeatable So it
1: So it's package. almost a portable system. Right, Uh, not portable, but like you could move that with you if you move in three years.
2: It's it would be quite large. I don't think you'd want to. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to uh, take disassemble and and reassemble at another location. But it's it's more about uh, it's uh, palletizing the solar farm. So we call micro solar farms is another another uh, thing we'll call them. Um, And we've we've designed it so that it's uh, it's it, it. it stands up in our kind of climate, so we've been testing. Awesome. You know, it's the result of uh, of uh, designing, building, testing, coming back all the time to uh, to modify and improve what we're doing. So it's we're kind of forced to innovate uh, because we're New Brunswickers.
1: Yeah hundred percent, man. And is this um, a product that we might see uh, in video format in the next uh, little while, or is that something totally different? <laughs> uh,
2: I think so. There's uh, <laughs> I think we'll see uh, some, some video ad, uh, to explain on how it goes together. Uh, but the, uh, the product itself is, is pretty exciting because there, there, there's really no, there's no other product like it on the market. It's needed and it, it, it checks all those boxes for what we're hearing from Uh, the contracting industry where today in order to put solar on your home, you need to work with a specialized solar contractor. So, you know, the smart energy company, that's where we've specialized in, but we know for this technology to really take off, uh, we need more people that have that, can have this skill set developed to install this technology. So what we're really doing is removing those barriers.
1: I understand. So it's the same uh, thing every time. Bam, bam, bam. So much easier for a contractor to install it if it's a repeatable process. You've you say. got it.
2: Exactly. One hundred percent. So
1: good. And, so good, man. Uh,
2: you know, if we look at uh, companies in northern parts of the province that already have good relationships built with with general contractors or electricians, then this product is really meant uh, meant for them.
1: Awesome. Well, Mark, from the Smart Energy Company, thank you so much for being on The Boiling Point. And uh, I'm sure I will tell Dave all about it. I'm going to to listening and he'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I know, guys. But uh, what a treat, man. You have a great one. And Mark, we'll get together uh, for a uh, a beverage uh, next time we possibly can. I, whenever nice. whenever the uh, the opportunity arises, COVID is starting to get behind us, right? That's, uh, that's the...
2: Uh... I believe it. Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> Mark, great to see, chat with you, brother.
2: Thanks, Greg. You too. Have a good
1: one. All right. See cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And that concludes uh, the very first Boiling Point episode that I did by myself without my my, uh, my trusted companion, Dave Vale uh, at Vision Coaching uh, Inc. Um, with that, you know, uh, Dave and I have been doing this for many years now. Uh, I'm thinking seven years every single week which is pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Actually uh, we've been doing this for a while and uh, having fun with it, but so rarely do we plug each other's businesses. So I just wanted to reach out to anybody who's uh, looking for really amazing coaching. Dave's uh, coaching company, visioncoachinginc.com has a roster of phenomenal coaches and uh, my company Hemmings those pictures we make uh, films that connect with uh, the hearts of the stakeholders and the audiences. So uh, whether it's a TV commercial or uh, a branded documentary, please, anything that you are in need of, uh, give us a shout. And thanks again for listening and subscribing. We'll see you next week on The Boiling Point.
0: Cheers. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out LeadershipUnleashed.ca or VisionCoachingInc.com. And on Twitter, at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit HemmingsHouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.